0: Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, October 17th. This is episode 152.
1: I'm Tony. I'm Dennis. We got a few items. Yes, there are items. They exist. But, you know, before we go into said items, we go into said intro.
0: The intro. Mm -hmm. This is the part where we talk about ourselves and everybody hits the fast forward button.
1: So. Unless we stick to pinball and video games in the intro, in which case they listen with, I was going to say bated breath, but they can't be talking because we're talking. Yeah. They listen uh, astutely. There we go. Ooh. Uh, You've been playing a new game. I've been playing a new
0: game. Um not that thinking. i can't remember the name of but that's it's okay. like landlords like landlord of, the, of legolas yeah uh what is it called i, uh, I haven't I installed know. it yet it's it's been it's been addictive it's a little uh uh like roguelike slot machine game that that our friend Eric sent me and it's actually kind of addictive. I should have been playing Final Fantasy 14 but I was <laughs> playing this instead. You have uh, let
1: you have let your fantasy slide. I know. It's terrible.
0: I I well that because of work I have actually really let my fantasy Final Fantasy playing slide. I I've only been playing like in the mornings for a little bit. Mm. Uh,
1: I saw an article uh, talking about the the number of players in Final Fantasy 14 now and that Final Fantasy 14 has made them more money than any other Final Fantasy. Yeah, I did see that, which is, you know,
0: good for them. They made a good game. Yeah.
1: It's enjoyable. They remade a game into a good
0: game. Yes. They they definitely took a bad game and, 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 fixed, and it. fixed it and made it work. So. And per,
1: and did it better than anyone. Like, No Man's Sky. People can talk about how good that is now. It will never recover like Final Fantasy fourteen
0: recovered. No, there's no way it'll recover that. No. It, not to that level. No. It'll yes. be... Uh, Hashtag second fiddle. It, it's third or fourth fiddle, but it, it it's still pretty impressive. Um yeah, no, I'll just getting stuff lined out and ready for Chicago in two weeks. Uh
1: yeah, about not two quite weeks. about a week and a half. Yeah.
0: 'Cause we're going up and we're going up on Wednesday. I think that is correct. The, yeah the twenty seventh is when we'll leave. So I've just been kind of getting stuff lined I heard
1: up. The it, the stern tour got cancelled. Did it? It turned into a virtual tour because they're worried about all these unvaccinated uh, expo attendees giving everyone COVID.
0: And they are far enough behind on production right now. As they can't is. run yeah. that risk. <laughs> yes. uh, of
1: course, I wasn't uh, signed up for that. I so. wasn't either. So
0: uh, Technically, I'm not signed up for anything <gasps> because um, I went to Tony. I went to pre-purchase my tickets one day, but I was doing it while I was at work and I got sidetracked doing something you else you were
1: the one who even asked me I about know. what options we were and that, was,
0: and that was the day i was gonna do it and then i got sidetracked and i never went back to it so i'm gonna have to buy tickets at the door the door i'm i'm a plebe i'm a
1: filthy plebe mm. a filthy filthy plebe but uh, that's okay you played in the pizza west tournament i yesterday. played in the pizza
0: west tournament i well played mm-hmm. is a really strong word I was present. I'm going to go with I was present for the Pizza West tournament because I was very badly beaten yesterday.
1: It had been my hopes that like everyone was going to be gone to District 82, where they've been doing a whole bunch of tournaments uh, this weekend. Yeah, now, Carrie Wing is out there. Yeah, um, playing and uh, and Adam McKinney and, and Sunshine, they're all out there. I'm like, okay, but everyone else was still here yeah no so. there were
0: like 20 players yeah in. i think
1: 22 was our count which it, was uh <clears throat> pretty high for pizza west since post pandemic yeah no it, it was a good time so it was a three strike instead of four because of the volume which was smart yeah uh yeah i um i i think i got i think i tied at seventh is when i was eliminated so i got last i was tied for last it I, I, first year it last. was three and out mm. it was rough but I had fun, so that's okay. Yeah, And maybe, I mean, rumor mill is next month could be maybe two different game changeouts there. Mm-hmm. For the listeners that don't know, we've actually, for the last three of these, we've had the exact same lineup. Which, historically speaking, was very unusual Yeah, to not have a, have a turn of games. At least one. So, that'll be interesting. Now, also, though, afterwards, you got to play Godzilla. The, I did. The pro model.
0: I, I got to play Godzilla Pro. And... It's very enjoyable, yeah. I would say of all of the new games that I didn't get a chance to play due to the pandemic and everything up until just recently. it's the best mm-hmm.
1: I enjoyed it the most. I went after and and played I played a game on it and then did uh split flipper on it on two games on it, and yeah, shoot's great like we would expect from Elwin um I got into one of in the in the split flipper we were able to activate the multi ball the main multi ball and get the blue oyster cult Godzilla song going. Uh did not we, we were ready to unleash Mecha Godzilla and dr- lost our last ball at that point. Um, you know, I don't think the city rules are really integrated yet um, yeah we did we were able to choose the city and go into to New York' because New York needed a Godzilla lesson um yeah, and the screen integration was a lot of fun with all the old old style uh, toho clips and everything, so yeah, no, it's too bad the prices went up so. So yeah, much. I mean that that that's that's the heartbreaking
0: thing is it's just so expensive.
1: But but it was nice to know that you know that the pro model is a fun model. So oh, it I, is. It's I, very I, much. I, so. I figured. It, I figured as much. But um, the, and that that Newton ball magnet thing gets a lot of use. That it was, does. Yeah, that was getting. That was pretty cool. I think. It, it, my understanding is it must get used more on the pro even because on the premium and LEs, you go up into the building to bring it down. And that magnet got used a lot for the like horseshoe shots and stuff that this one has to rely on. So, right. So that's pretty interesting too. Um, Well, that bring that part transitions into, into my intro. So besides that and the tournament, uh, because my birthday was last weekend, I did get a few more video games. So I actually have been, I've been playing, I've played four new games since, our last episode. One I started uh, was like a games with gold. So I've had it for a while called arrow, which is like a rail shooter rhythm game that uses uh, electronic tracks. So it's gotten pretty hard. (laughs) I don't know when I'll go back to it, Uh, but I think I'm halfway through it or maybe a little over halfway through it. Um, And then uh, I got about a half dozen games for my birthday and I've started three of them. So I started a game called observer I added that to my list because the main character is voiced by Rutger Hauer. Um, the game setting is you're basically a detective in the future. Think Blade Runner. Almost, okay. Except I'm not clear that there are going to be any replicants. And <laughs> your Rutger Hauer is the detective. Unfortunately, I think it's like a, here, do one take. He's mumbling his lines. It's oh, hard no. to hear him. I, you know, I don't know if he was really sick before he passed away or not. And- but it's giving me um, it's reminding me of like Marlon Brando lines at the end and how he just didn't try or yeah. or uh how Orson Wells was. Um anyway. Uh so so I started that. Uh I got a game called Aliens Fire Team Elite. I think this is actually designed to be a co-op game where you basically just fight, uh do objectives and you know, not really telling a story, you're just going and doing stuff. Uh I've played a level of that. It actually got pretty hard. Uh, I played with just some bots, uh, cause I don't know how popular that game is. I hadn't heard of it, but I saw aliens and I thought, and that's my alien sound. So, so I thought, I better get it. And then, uh, a game you know quite well, Hades. Yes. And that's the one I've been putting the most time in. It's cause it's the most fun. Because yeah, it's, uh, I would say, uh, it is the best roguelike. And I, I'm not a huge roguelike fan. It's the best one I have played since Binding of Isaac, and I would actually say this is better than Binding of Isaac. Yes, I would. I, I would agree with I you. I think I think they have better designed the incentives to keep trying and making it feel like you're making progress. You know, incrementally improving your character, and then the uh, the voicing and the story stuff that they've got is pretty deep. I'm surprised that I'm not hearing like a bunch of repeat stuff. So anyway, so that's what I've been doing. That game look. Be a landlord. Oh, what a
0: clever little song tie-in! It's Luck be a landlord. It, it, it it's
1: been fun. Like I said I've actually I've spent a lot of time on it. Mm. Well, we're going to now spend maybe not a lot of time, but we got some time to spend on pinball. So I have uh, I have three main areas to to focus on. The first one is uh, Stern pinball just recently announced that they have hired a new president and that is someone named Seth Davis. I do have a link in the show notes to the Stern pinball news announcement. So um, my understanding is the way this has been working is Stern hasn't had an independent president. This isn't a board president. This is a, this is an executive position. So what's happened is Gary Stern is going he's still the chairman of of the board of directors and he's also still the ceo of the company however seth is now assuming some of his duties and will be titled president and seth will report to gary i wasn't familiar with this for because in my nonprofit world presidents are is a board position so yeah. i had to do some research because i don't really know corporate structures apparently president being second in command in the staff hierarchy is a common corporate Strategy, But smaller companies often have that duty rolled in with CEO, which clearly was what Stern was doing. Correct. But now has carved it out. So um, what's been catching a lot of people's eyes is – because Seth isn't very old. Seth's Seth's my age. He's 43. Uh, He spent 13 years at Disney, and he was on the executive team responsible for the subscription-based streaming services, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. So my question to you would be, what are your thoughts – on what this means for Stern Pinball, because I'll tell you what a lot of the community thinks, and that is that maybe we'll get lucky, and this just means DLC, but maybe we won't get lucky, and we're going to see Raw Thrills, Big Buck Hunter, $40 a month subscription stuff. Well, that's my fear. Or maybe it's somewhere in between. I
0: I think if you bring in somebody who spent that many years... Working on one style of project, it's because you want the experience with that style of, uh, system. In my opinion. So I think it's something to be afraid of. Cause I know when I went and played Godzilla, all the Kinect stuff was all over it and I didn't sign up. I'm not a stern insider. <laughs> Yeah, or Stern yeah, Pinball. Yeah, in, in, ins- yeah, yeah, Stern
1: Pinball Insider Connected. I think is the full name of it, and I um, I I am signed up, but because I went in and I I was like, I didn't have it loaded on my phone ahead of time, and I was like, I I started to go to the site, and it was just like, no, I'm yeah, just, this is taking too long. I'm afraid someone else is going to go up to the game and put money in. And I'm sitting there not starting it. So if anyone was waiting behind me, I wasn't sure because it's nubs. It's crowded. Yeah. That I was going to look like I was being a A a-hole, not starting my game, but sitting there playing with my phone. So. Had yeah. I thought about it, I would have had the QR code like loaded as a photo or something on my phone and ready to go. But I
0: I should that. sign up. It make it would make sense with how much it's going to be. It's going to but the future. And as it becomes it the, become future, the future, and that's what they concentrate on. And then I've got to, you know, I'm I have my special icon and my my stern mebo that I have to create. Mm. And I have to. I'll have to buy cosmetics for. Uh, in addition to the free cosmetics that'll come with my fourteen ninety nine a month subscription fee to be part of the stern insider thing mm-hmm. and well it's free for now for now at least until they get everything until they get the they so currently really,
1: I, it's a charging to be able to uh, for the players i personally think would be a tremendous mistake i think you'll just see a huge fall off in use because to a lot of people who cares because you'll always you'll always need the option if you're going to operate to allow people to play without signing in so right so where i think they may try and make their money would be on the operators but they have to make it a big enough incentive that the operators think is worth the money and currently it's not there yet so Maybe in the future.
0: Well, then maybe if they make it so, if you're you're the special Stern insider, you can scan your QR code and you can just key up games and play, and then they'll reimburse the operators at a later date for the play time, and it just goes onto your Stern
1: account. Well, but, but some <laughs> of the stuff, yeah, some of the stuff that people have been wondering about, and maybe with with Seth coming on board, is are they going to maybe. One of the things some people have asked about is different way, like being able to start particular modes as a game and say, hey, that's going to be a, like an added rule, you know, rule thing. And it's going to be DLC and you're going to pay for it. Maybe you want to do it. You want to put it on your home game or if the operator for some reason was put on the operator game. So there's some of that stuff. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know. It Again, I, I point to Raw Thrills because I know that they do this for Big Buck Hunter. Uh, I mean, there's a whole thing though, because the tournament system's all integrated. It's like three—if you want to play in a big buck hunter and have your score count to the tournament, you like drop three dollars on the location. One of those dollars goes back to Raw Thrills. They also have it set up in such a way, I believe, allegedly, allegedly, that they get a share of the coin drop. The company gets a share of the coin drop, and the system keeps track of this stuff. And the operators that want to participate in this—and this has been a barrier to a lot of people in terms of not getting new big buck hunters for their home is the only way to integrate online is to pay the subscription fee. And the subscription fee is $40 per month, which is huge. Now I'm going to, let me go. I'm going to get off on a rant here, but I'm going to rant a little bit because I'm seeing this more and more with, with pinball. And look, I know pinball is expensive compared to a lot of home entertainment options. And lately it's gotten really expensive to me. And this is my curmudgeonly coming from video game perspective. This idea that you can just like charge hundreds of dollars for shareware level programming is beyond me. Completely beyond me. Because here's the thing. Here's the fundamental difference. I get the argument. We can't sell to as many people. Okay, fair enough. But here's the thing. The dude sitting at home who makes a phone game has to sell it for $2.99 no matter, and has no knowledge if he's going to sell any copies or not. Yeah. Okay. So, and the reason I do that comparison is the program, like the rules, te- pinball is not, we talk about depth in pinball, and pinball is deeper than it has ever been before. It's not video game deep at all. But, and you can tell this, modern video game, and right. you can tell this by how few people are programming it. They're still pretty small teams. Those teams get, Tons if those were video game programmers with one to three people working on them, those are the ones that get like the focus studies by IGN going, look at how incredible this game with no one working on it is. Cuphead was like that. Yeah. Look at how amazing Cuphead is. This is a baby team, just an itty bitty baby team. And well, that's they how they don't I- know how it took them years, and it's like they chuck it out there at, at 60 bucks and they hope for the best. There's no gar- they had no guaranteed money is my point. I think, so to me, the thing is you can do DLC and I I would rather it be DLC than subscription. That's the first thing like paying for individual added, like added work for added money. We already had that debate in video games. So the DLC won, and I'm fine with it winning in pinball because it's optional. And obviously a subscription would most likely remain optional too. It's just, they might do better if they're selling the individual, like, here, you're in your Stern Connected account and you have your game tied to you. And now you can buy these new rules and new deals. So, kind of like what Multimorphic does with the, you know, you can go and you can buy the individual software packages and install them if you've got the proper play fields. Right Now, uh, I mean, the question is, at what price point can you get away with that? We know that the Multimorphic stuff's a few hundred dollars usually, like a couple hundred <clears throat> on up. Maybe that's the sweet spot, but it depends. I, you know, with Multimorphic, I can go and buy a whole new game using the existing play field. I don't think you can charge two hundred dollars to be able to play the mini wizard modes as a separate off, you know, as a separate option. I'm not quite sure that's there <laughs> if, if it was a whole new role set. But you see, that reminds me of Deep Root, and remember they had talked about subscription service on their site. And one of the things they talked about even before that was. Like with interviews with Steve Bowden, there was the talk about, well, you know, we could release a rule set for Raza and then a whole new rule set for Raza. And and I'm like, to me, it was always, you could, but how much money can you make investing your programmer and doing all this stuff over and over? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, it didn't make any sense to me. Like people don't take video games and redo the rule sets. Right. And how many, and how many people playing pinball are going to want to not
0: ever really quite know what rules set they have when they sit down to a pinball machine
1: so and that's where like having dramatically different rules i just don't think there's a market for that at that point i think people would be like yeah but i'd rather have dramatically different rules and a dramatically different layout at the same time and just have you know what we call a new game (laughs) yeah what we in the industry call a game yeah so so i don't know know. something Um, something simple my my guess here uh you know tying it back to Seth Davis is and this is you know my total guess so obviously Gary he's in his 70s he'd already stepped back some stuff before this so he's going to be continuing to step back my my thought is this is to train Seth up to become the CEO this is this. So they I created the that. president position. I bet once Gary decides he's not going to be, and my next guess is Gary will give up CEO next and stay chairman of the board and Seth will become CEO. The president position will be eliminated. Alternatively, they could keep the president position and just constantly kind of use that as the sort of a succession planning thing. I know some people are upset that Gomez, George Gomez wasn't made president. There's no reason to be upset about that. Because we have no idea if he wanted it. Yeah. So I think some people were just surprised they weren't trying to promote from within. And it's like, well, but who? Yeah, And you have to factor in if they want it or not. I know people like I know computer programmers who either tried or know that they don't want to do management. They want to stay making code. They don't want to be bossing people around. George Gomez might like working with the design teams and not want to. Do all the other sales and, you know, going out to all these shows and never, you know, who knows? So some people, I think, immediately jumped to that. Oh, going outside and hiring Seth is a slight to everyone at Stern. And it's like, you, I, I don't know enough to be able to claim that. Right. I mean, they could have just
0: simply wanted an administration specialist, which is something they don't really mm-hmm. have at Stern.
1: So, so well, let's have to see. But yeah, I, um, my, my main thought is, that, yeah, this is mostly succession planning work. It is possible, given Seth's background, that they're bringing him in because of the in- the connected. And maybe that does mean subscription stuff like Disney+. Plus. But we will have to wait and see. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, next topic, but still sticking in the realm of Stern, is they've announced a new pinball machine. Yay! This happened this last week. Yeah. So Jurassic Park pin, because it's one of the pins, Which is confusing to say, but so for for those that are not familiar, the pins are the home version games, or I think on the Stern website, it calls them affordable home games. And then you can, like there's a Star Wars version. Right. There's now this Jurassic Park version. And they've done pins for a while of of varying approaches. So if you go way back to like the Transformers pin and stuff, they were much more toy-like and smaller and now the current iteration of the pins are more, they moved it more in the direction of commercial games without going commercial game. So I do have a link in the show notes to the game trailer. I do want to note there is also a video for those that are interested. I don't have a link to it, but there is also a feature video that basically walks through all the rules of the game. So just some quick, some quick stats or, or data points on this. So the MSRP for the game, is four thousand five hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, game features: uh, It does have a captive ball. Uh, that has the main toy is a T Rex head. The T Rex head doesn't eat the balls, but it does spit them back out. At least for the multi ball, uh, it has a jump ramp. I believe the left ramp actually has a gap, and so the ball can either drop back into like the pop section, or it can actually jump over. And um, they uh, it does have two spinners on the game, uh, and the art is is hand drawn. Um as noted as a home version this does not have coin mechs in it it's not designed for route it's designed for for home customers Jack Danger is credited with doing the playfield design mechanics are credited to uh, to uh Robert Lakeman. uh Jerry Thompson did the sound he does a lot of sound for Stern and then uh I uh, if I hope I say his name right uh Weiss and Cheng uh handled software for it So overall from what I have read online the buzz has been very positive towards the layout. Uh, like, if I were to summarize, and people hadn't played it yet, but if I were to summarize the general thoughts, the general consensus, it is, this is the best looking pin layout of any of them. Looking at it, I would agree. Yeah. I think, I think it looks like it's a fun shooter. Now, as a reminder for people, Star Wars The Pin, the latest one they still make, uh, was also really well received for its layout. That it's a fun pin. I've still not had a chance to play it. Uh, and they had modified that. For, you, When you look at the Star Wars pin, I feel you can still see Spider-Man home game DNA in it. Yeah. But they moved it from that. This feels much fresher than that. Like This looks like uh, essentially a wholly new uh, layout. And act- actually, again, I don't have a link on it. But if you're going to YouTube, if you want to search for uh, uh, Travis Murray's uh, a Pinball Podcast... He walks through the, the trailer or the feature video, one of them and, and talks about the shots and what he, what he likes and what he doesn't, which some of you, he's a big tournament player. So some of you might be interested in that. Uh, my thoughts are, um, and I actually, I sent a message to Jack and congratulated him for, cause this is his first game and he's really excited. Yeah. And which makes sense. He should be, um, the, uh, I think that the, the T-Rex head is great. Like, that's going to be the attention grabber. And the fact that it does have ball interaction, I mean, that's more than the pro had. The pro's head didn't Uh, do anything. It was just a a static thing. This okay, yeah, it doesn't eat the ball, but it spits it back out. That's something. Um, The captive ball, I mean, it's okay. They have it right next to the right ramp, so the captive ball is more like, oops, you bricked your shot. Maybe you get to hit that and get a hurry up going, I think is what it does. Uh, It's got some good, uh, in my opinion, good, old school solid state style style rules to it. So uh, in terms of how some of the scoring works, like getting temporary multiplier to the play field and things like that Um, and fan layout. But again, for these home style pins, I think doing a fan layout makes a lot of sense. You play it safe. Fan layouts almost always shoot well. And again, we need to remember that this, this pin being a, the pin is targeting a different group than what we would be classified as. Like right, collectors, pinball collectors don't normally look at pins. There are exceptions, but they don't normally look at the pin line because it's home grade. It's the playfield and cabinet are MDF, that bothers some people. Um you know, size-wise it's essentially the dimension, playfield dimensions I believe are are standard to any other playfield Stern would do. But the rules, like, I don't expect there to be other, unless there's a bug. I don't expect there to be any code updates, because you wouldn't expect a home person to do code updates. There's no Stern Insider-connected integration to this. Uh, And some have said they felt this is deep, maybe for a pin, but the rules are pretty much, shoot these, like, three shots, and then you have your, you know, all easy to understand, which, again, makes sense for the target audience. The thing is, I don't know how well home pins sell. Like, I heard someone say that they, their understanding is Star Wars the Pin sold great, which could explain why Stern Greenlit doing a Jurassic Park one, and incidentally, great great theme idea. yes for for a home audience, you know, people that might not normally buy pinballs. Um, I uh from like the typical pinball distributors, my understanding is the pins do not sell well at all, but again, their market's different. Like you could have great home pen sales and they're selling them straight through Stern's website or if they have arrangement with Costco or, or whatnot, I don't know. I think the biggest issue that I see is I'm no, this will come as a total shock to you, Tony. It's the price. So Mm -hmm. I, I I mean, I'm not aware of there really being discount on this. I think, I think I heard one distributor was selling them at MSRP, um, but covering the shipping to your door. Um, I had heard a report that some distributors were looking at actually charging more than MSRP on these. And I don't know if that's because they expect homeowners not to know any better or or, that's weird. And they're trying to, well, if they could take some stock and have it available as something, Hey, we can promise we'll get this to you before Christmas. I don't know. Um, I think, I think we're in a world now where it's very difficult to charge more than MSRP when it's not an LE game. Uh, but I mean, here's, My argument. And it's been a while since I went around. And I know there's high-end stuff. You know, there's ranges and stuff. But if this – and this isn't new to the Jurassic Park pen. I think I said these same things with Star Wars, except now the price is a little higher now. even I mean, I think it's the same price as Star Wars, but prices have gone up over time. Right. So my issue is when I think about a game room and I think like – Let's say I just have this big basement and I just want to have a game room. And I'm not a pinball person. I'm just a game room person. And I'm thinking you're, you're talking like a multi-arcade cabinet, a foosball table, air hockey, billiards, dartboard. This is like the most expensive of all of that. It is. I mean, I yeah, I know they're like high-end pool tables and stuff. But, I mean, like you can get a full-size pool table for less than this new and everything i think i think i last i checked because i think i checked it because i was like am i right or am i just making crap up because sometimes i just make up stuff because it sounds good i know for sure you can get foosball less you can get air hockey less you can get arcade games multi or old or new or whatever let you know say aside like fancy pants raw thrills stuff dartboards of course are less um TV for the game room, like and seats, less, less, less. It's like, so, it's just so expensive that I don't know. I mean, obviously there are people that are of means and that's not going to be a big deal. It's just, if I were some, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the position of, as I don't know if I ever discussed this or not before, but so my pinball room that I have, here downstairs i have seven pinball machines in it that was not the original plan when i cleaned out that room and repainted it my plan was to make it a game room and i was going to have a mix of stuff so at the time i owned like three or four pinball machines but my thought was well i could put in an, a, a multicade. i could have like the virtual pin in there maybe one or two other pinball machines i was going to have a tv down there with a couch and an air hockey table now dimensionally that did not all work out well no. But and I did never got all that in there, and then ultimately I decided pinball was fun enough to just have it be all pinball. And most of that other stuff is now either sold or in the garage. I had a poker table that's also less, <laughs> you know, one of those where you could flip it over and, and play cards. That's in the garage now. Um, so my point is that this is just, I mean, and part of it, it it's hard for me because I've been in pinball so hard, so long. I bought my first new in-box game in 2015. It was $200 more than this to my door. Yeah. And again, some of this is just how pricey. I mean, we already talked about it on the when we talked about Godzilla on the prior episode, just about how much more. I mean, they raised it $700. And back when I bought my Star Trek, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I don't think I'll ever pay over $5,000 for a pinball machine. And now it's like, if you want something new, you will. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's a requirement it's like, like, I mean, at this point. I, I have before and my TNA was more, but but that's the only one I ever went that high on. And and it's like, so I just, I don't know. In fact, on Pinside, I saw some of the discussion about this was oriented around the, well, you know, there is almost a $2,000 difference now. That's another thing to remember. I mean, there is a pretty big gap. Get- it was different when like Star, Star Wars, the pen was like a hundred less than this or 200 less, but the pros hadn't gone up $700 yet either. And the- so the- that range was closer to 1,000 to 1,500-ish. 1, and now it's more like 16 to 2,000. And so normally I would say that would be a big a big help. And I've seen some people on Pinside go, you know, I am really considering this because... It's affordable in the sense that it's under five grand, so and they think that their family will like the theme. Most don't seem to be biting on that. I one of the distributors I talked to told me, at least that it hadn't been yet twenty four hours, but that the first day, they're the pin sales of this Jurassic Park were two, Ooh. two units. So it's not these don't have the same hype that right operationally you know commercial grade machines get, which again given their, who they typically sell to not a surprise, but um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on how it will sell or on the pricing or. Uh, the pricing just, it makes sense with how, what has happened
0: to the pricing overall, but the fact that it is in the realm of, uh, uh, what pros used to be is just painful. Uh, especially to people who know uh, what it was. Um, We'll see how it does. With the sheer amount of issue they have getting tables out right now, getting machines out right now, I don't understand the purpose of putting out this game at this time. That
1: is an excellent, and that's the other... I'm glad you brought it up because that's the other big thing that actually of you want to talk about complaints about Jurassic Park the pen. it hasn't been the layout it hasn't been the rules it has been what the heck are you doing Stern I'm still waiting for Mandalorian that's yeah. what it's been it's like why would you do this when you are so far behind And and it's extra I guess it's extra salty with this Tony because there are people that are as as unfair as it may be, going, What this is a toy. Why are you not prioritizing the real pins The, the real, real pins, pins that that you are that you are supposed to be making? Like you come out with this and you're already so far behind. And I I get it. Because like I mean, I understand that some of their production decisions may be, hey. We have these parts, so we're able to do Deadpool's, and we and we're missing this other part, so we can't do Mandalorian right now. So I guess there's some world where they have the stuff that they can do Jurassic Park pin and not be able to do Godzilla's and Mandos or whatever. I don't know. It's all weird because they're so far they're so far behind. And I I did hear an interview on Final Round, uh, pinball podcast with Zach Sharp, who does the marketing at Stern. And he sort of acknowledged the, it sounded like the main issue with why do the pins keep coming out has in part been different parts come in at different times. We're able to keep building certain machines when we can't build other ones that might be a higher priority coupled with what I had, you know, I think a lot of people had suspected was licensure agreements. Like we have timelines on the licensure agreements. So there's still this need to announce and release so that we can have our production time be what it is. I wonder with seeing this and the reaction and just just how far behind they are, I'd like to know your thoughts. Do you think Stern's strategy is that they think eventually they're just going to catch up to these like thousands and thousands of orders and and just keep doing what they're doing? Or have they already taken steps to maybe slow up on license acquisition so that eventually they'll slow on the releases where there's not that pressure in order to make sure they're catching up on everything they've already done and then start to resume, like, the three-corner stone cycle? I think that's a very real possibility. I
0: also, it, it crossed my mind while we're sitting here talking about it, um, am wondering if the pen isn't, if they weren't able to get more, call it local, Locally sourced or easier to locate parts for it. So it's something that can be put together even when they can't get the stuff. So it's something to keep a line going. Right, right. No matter what. I mean if I mean using MDF using Yeah, that that might be a good example. I I mean I mean if they can if the, the mechanics are something that can be sourced without having to have their it might just be something that can sure. be thrown together.
1: Sure. And may, maybe the because um, I don't who knows what the like if the delays are on getting plywood, but, but maybe there's plenty of MDF because right. it's used for less stuff. And I sure possibly most of the components are the identical to what are used on the main games, like, you know, Pop Bumpers right. and stuff. So,
0: But you would think be that line would be – that component that, line, since it's so standardized, there should be – Like, they've got bags of them everywhere.
1: Right. Right. And that, that might not be the shortage. I, the shortage could be, like, the particular toys. And maybe they're using a different toy builder to make the T-Rex head here versus the toy builder who makes the static not moving baby Yoda. I don't know. Yeah. That's just – but regardless, people are pissed. Just like they were pissed when Godzilla got announced, if they were waiting for something else. Right. But Godzilla makes to me I, more sense, because it's a full-up machine. Right, right. Now, I I would be less pissed about this, about uh, this game, because I don't think, I, regardless of what I've heard, I don't think it sells that many compared to what they've been selling on the operator-grade side.
0: Right. Just
1: because... Most collectors, if it doesn't have a coin door uh, with coin max, it's not a real pinball. And I just think it's a weird. It well, okay. I mean, it's like the well because it's uh, again. I just think that's the roots of the of the game. The game was meant to be operated. Um, it's been a criticism of other. You know, well, it doesn't even have a real coin door. I mean, that's it's a, just a criticism people have, and I almost think it's a somewhat arbitrary threshold. Uh, some of it could be the sizing, uh, the OCD types. You know Zach Minny, for example, he's really obsessive in my view about winning games. Like I think he organizes his rooms so that all the lineups are such so that the games are all the same level and match. So this is a weird shape. Well, no, so not a weird shape. It's different size. Right. In fact, one of the TPN members that I know is has ordered this Jurassic Park pin. It's also been trying to source a cabinet. Because they want to swap it and put it in a full size cabinet. And I don't think it's OCD in their case. I think it's a just because project. I want to see if they can do it. Because uh, the playfield's okay. regular, regular full size, Stern Playfield. So yeah. yeah. Uh interesting. So anyway, uh, but congratulations to Jack. I, I hope there'll be some at Expo so I could get a chance to play it. Yeah, no, that that's because, hopeful. Because it'll never be routed. So my only real hope to play it is at a show. But I I mean You're not buying one? You know, unlike a lot of collectors, I could see myself getting a pin style pin, but not at forty six hundred. Right. See, and to me that's
0: it I almost wonder if it's not partially them trying to get something back in at that old pro price point.
1: Uh and that could part of their logic could be, hey, this will this will resonate with the dentists of the world that remember that, you know, have the member berries of Pepperidge Farm style. And remember five years ago, six years ago, getting games pros at this price uh, could work. But, uh, you know, there are other things like I don't know how easy is it to service. I know some of the stuff is top mounted because MDF right. has issues with taking and putting screws back in and out. Um, you know, I, I I mean, it uses spike and I'm sure it's it, it is serviceable, which is something that the old pins had an, had an issue with. But, I, you know, it's like I just at that Here's the other thing, the thing that people cheapos like me always remember is, I'm my money isn't just for the new market. I can look at the used market, and even though prices have gotten way high on the used market, there's a lot of pinball I can get for under forty six hundred dollars. Yeah, a lot of pinball, and maybe the rules are basically the same depth depth as Jurassic Park pin, but it's it's full grade commercial, you know, real pinball. Um, historic, you know, legacy stuff, uh, well-known, easy to service style thing. You know, So, I mean, we're talking like most of the data stuff is all available at that price point from the nineties. Uh, I think you could get a lot of the B tier and below Williams games at, or below that price. It's just, you know, that's the competition for it again for a home buyer who doesn't want to worry about old electronics and all of that, or know about that. This makes more sense than someone like me who would be like, you know what? For $4,600, I would absolutely consider a pinball machine. But there's more than just Star Wars and Jurassic Park that's at that point at this stage that I could. I mean, heck, I just got an email from Pinside, an automated email on Friday. Someone was selling a Lethal Weapon 3 for $2,600. Everybody dance now? Oh uh, Yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot when you're willing yeah. to consider use. And most collectors will. So, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, last pinball topic I have, just a quick one. Uh, Jersey Jack pinball. Um, we talked about, I think on the, it was the last episode we talked about that. They had achievements released uh, via the Scorebit platform, which they have integrated into their games at this point, uh, for Wonka. And I was all like, why didn't they do GNR? Well, here are the achievements of GNR. So I guess <laughs> there you a, go. Guess, guess, thank you for listening. Thank you for being the
0: fan. They're like, oh, man, he's so smart. Why didn't we do that? No, they're
1: all like, oh, Dennis wants it. Let us give him what he wants. Um, I don't know if that's going to change my opinion of GNR, but I think it's smart that they got achievements added to that game as well. So kudos to Jersey Jack. Now, Tony, we can go into video games. Are we going to open with something happy? Like optimistic?
0: Is there happy and optimistic? I don't think I have anything like that. I, I literally didn't put anything happy or optimistic in
1: this. No, I, 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 it's sad to say that this is almost what's what I expect out of you now. It's just like this cynicism dripping uh, it, it, list it, of video games. It's
0: kind of where I am right now. Of sorrows. I see things that spark joy and I'm just like, <laughs> no.
1: You like that person. I was like, does this bring you do you pick up an object you're like, does this bring me joy? Yes, trash. (laughs) Exactly. That's where I'm sitting
0: right now. Or it opened with what's probably the biggest thing that's happened in the last two weeks, in my personal opinion. The Twitch hack.
1: Oh, now this is actually this is kind of good because it's been very informative. It's
0: been very informative. It's been interesting. Yes, interesting. It's
1: bad for Twitch.
0: Oh, it's terrible. I didn't enjoy having to change my password. <laughs> and now they claim that you didn't have to because the passwords weren't compromised, though though apparently the um uh seeding for the the two factor was mm-hmm. in it. But I this was a major hack. They released um a hundred and twenty five gig worth of data. Did you download all of it? No. No. I didn't even download I didn't even get a chance to download the parts that I probably should have when it first came out just so that I could have talked about all of it but um it included source code for all versions of the twitch i mean i mean for the xboxes for the consoles for mobile on the computer with comment with the comments in the code they really everything uh it included streamer payouts since twenty nineteen and let me tell you. It's getting hard to find that stuff. They're smacking that stuff down fast.
1: And as that, soon was, as that was the one part up. I looked into because that was the interesting part. Yeah. Uh,
0: they've had information in there on Amazon's competitor for Steam that has not been released yet. Uh, all of their internal security tools were in there. Uh, a lot of their internal services were in there. Uh, it's pretty Impressive. Um, I think the big thing for most people is going to be the streamer payouts. Oh yeah. From an entrance level. Um, number one, your favorite is my, well, yeah, it's someone I was one of my, one of my common, it's critical role. Uh, they made $9.6 million between August of 19 and October of 21. And that's, remember, that doesn't include biddies. No. That doesn't include donations. That doesn't include merch. That doesn't include Patreons or anything
1: else. It might include bits, actually. I thought they said it did. I'd have, have to, to, I'd have to, have I'd have to, to look go back, back I'd up. have to go back and check and see what the columns and the data were. Because I thought it was
0: just subscription payouts. uh. But it could it could include bits. Uh, I'm not. I'm no, not positive. And
1: actually, I looked at something. I think I looked at something on Critical Role, and not all of their columns had numbers. So maybe yeah. in their case, that it wasn't there. And, and it's possible because uh, almost all of theirs were subs. Yes. because like they didn't have very much on ad revenue. If I remember, they
0: right. don't run ads.
1: Oh, well, that would explain why I didn't
0: see anything. Yeah, uh, I don't actually watch critical role on Twitch. I watch it on YouTube and that should be a thing that shows how just how critical role is the fact that they simultaneously stream on Twitch and YouTube. When they put out a new show live, it is available on both. Oh, they have permission the, to do that. Yeah. That's how big they are. Their only rule is all of the, all of the, uh, the YouTube stream doesn't have, chat or comments. Okay. When 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 it's being shown live. Which is fine because I don't want to watch chat. That's why when I when I, when I actually watch it live, I watch it on YouTube because I hate Twitch chat. Uh so uh and then number two <sighs>
1: XQC God.
0: is number two.
1: I guess uh I guess uh, well, you know, I've seen some of this in pinball too, so I shouldn't be surprised at just how far toxicity can get you. Apparently, eight point four million, and just to
0: roll it round out, the top three summit was number three at five point eight million. So there was a quite a drop off there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the interest, other interesting things I saw was um, considering all of the complaints and stuff that has been online over the years about uh let's call them what is a nice word to use for our current thing uh uh skin showing streamers uh of the female variety the ones who are playing the 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 maxim and f h m uh Lattie Mag style mm. stuff uh they weren't in the tops. I think you had to go down into like the 20s or 30s to find. There's no money in
1: flesh anymore.
0: Um, but it, it it's I think it's painful for Twitch to have had this information
1: out. Why? Uh,
0: more because it lets so much of their internals are out from the re- people I've seen and the reports coming from the comments in the source code uh there's been a lot of stuff learned about not just this but other hacks hmm. that have been that have been learned from comments and about stuff in the source codes
1: okay okay so you meant broadly i thought maybe you were meaning that you thought that the financial oh, data i, like I don't you, I, I work for a government the financials well, being and, and, known and doesn't where, yeah and that's where that, I, that that's where it's interesting to me what if i think i don't think there's going to be any real big a real big change-ups, quote-unquote. There might be some people that will look at some of the... I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of naive Twitch watchers that had no idea that it was this volume of... I, for example, I could see some people going, I'm not going to give my Twitch Prime to Critical Role anymore. They don't need it. Yeah. Let me give it to someone else who's not making over a million dollars a year. Right, which yeah, is see what that. I do. Right. I, I could see... I could see that. I could see some people going, I had no idea that XQC was pulling millions of dollars a year. Maybe I'll support a different streamer of mine instead because they're not making nearly as much money. Yeah, because I've always used my Prime sub
0: to support smaller streamers Mm -hmm. that I watch because I watch a lot of niche streamers. Now, to be fair, it turns out one of the streamers that I watch that I have supported, I mean, I never thought he was a niche streamer. He had way too many subscribers for that, but he's still like 24. Five or 26 admiral Warhu, and i've i've thrown twitch w- to him when uh i was watching his satisfactory streams like daily for a while when he was doing them so i'd thrown my primed him at that time because i kind of move it around but no i don't think there'll be any major repercussions from that
1: yeah unless unless some big and i had not read anyone that's Noted this, so I don't think it's been an issue, but it'd be like unless there was some big streamer that was like feigning they weren't getting a lot of money in than they were yeah you know? i'm not I've not heard of any most just don't like talk that. about it, yeah, but, I but mean, you know again, coming from i I'd, I'd been governmental for like sixteen years, and we were just it is a standard you knew how much everyone made yeah it's just it's just known it's
0: just it's out there it's it, it's
1: it's so to me it's nothing i that so doesn't how many millions does pinball make tony <sighs> A lot. Not a lot.
0: Not I, uh, a lot. Yeah,
1: I saw... I, I've seen a lot of the bigger pinball streamers. Most of the pinball streamers make under 500 a month. Yeah. Even the largest, other than Deadflip. And I I will say that was pulling less than I thought it was. Yeah. I just... Because I know a lot of pinball people have sort of rallied behind Deadflip as the first and, and just give them a lot of subs, but... I could see why it would be interesting to, or maybe thinking about doing a, let's design pinball machines. You'd make more money. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is some of these, I mean,
0: some of these people like just insane amounts of money, but then also some of them, when you, uh, like I saw a thing talking about critical role, they made, you know, $9.6 million. But when you factor in the size of their company, uh, where they're based, their their level of production and everything they do, Twitch basically pays for like their rent and their salaries for their employees. Hmm. Is there has been what a lot of the uh, um, estimates have been because they use full up high grade movie quality equipment. With you know cameramen and sound crews and and their their staff, they've got a staff of like fifty and and you know none of them are making below union scale for uh their positions so they that alone over three years would eat would eat most of that money combined with renting a large space in l a because hmm. that's where they're based out of so it's in it's just interesting because uh, not everybody's just, you know, making games in mommy and daddy's basement or making st- do streaming from mommy and daddy's basement. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. I probably have been able to make more if I had used mirrorless cameras.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because then the vampires would appear and, mm. and you wouldn't just look like you were talking to yourself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no, uh going on from the Twitch hat, Um and what I think is a fairly interesting thing is EA might be rebranding FIFA.
1: I saw a headline about this, but I didn't read the article. Oh, what it
0: amounts to is their current deal with FIFA runs, they run 4 years basically a World Cup.
1: Right. Okay. Around. Makes sense.
0: And uh in their they've been negotiating for the last 2 years with FIFA for the next round and FIFA wants to more than double their licensure fee, which will move the cost of using the FIFA naming rights to a billion dollars every four years. Mm. And they're also wanting to put a bunch of restrictions on what EA can do, uh, like to monetize the game outside of just general game sales because of their naming restrict because of the naming. Oh, hmm. And it gets more interesting because if EA dumps the FIFA name, they still get to use the players and everything because that's a separate licensing deal uh, that has been signed with the union.
1: Oh, you know, especially with that, I could, I definitely could see EA entertaining it. Yeah. A billion is an awful lot of money for a name. Yeah, I mean, because I I know they make a ton of bank on FIFA, but right.
0: But I don't I don't I didn't write the number down. I should have. But I want to say the current licensure is like just under 500 million for every four years. Here's
1: the thing I would I would have to I would run through my head is let's let's say let's say you were FIFA and I was EA. And now you're thinking maybe EA isn't going to pay up. Who are you going to find that would give you a billion? Anyone? Right. Because almost everyone else might have to design the whole game from scratch.
0: Right. Well, and depending upon how EA's deal with the players union is, even if FIFA found somebody else to do it, those people might not be able to use actual players likenesses and names because that's a totally separate signed deal with a separate group.
1: Uh, That is interesting. Yeah. I
0: because I thought it cuz at first I thought a billion dollars for like, for likenesses and names and all of that stuff and everything it's like okay I can see that with them but knowing that those are two separate deals with two separate groups I don't see why EA wouldn't want to just walk I'm away just from like it a
1: bill a billion a billion a
0: billion dollars for 4 years
1: 4 years I mean I wow Wow, I mean yeah I'm not not normally someone to side with EA, but I'm like, yeah, I don't think you should pay them a billion dollars. This is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Especially with other with with them trying to put
0: other restrictions onto what onto the stuff on top of it. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, it'll be. It, I, I'm kind of interested. I'm I mean, really interested I, in this. It's line. always
1: interesting to see a good sports game shake up. It's yes. been a while since we've seen a good sports game bloodletting where different companies are going to have different control over who can say what, and yeah, and then on top of all that is which ones actually have the better games, which used right, to be uh, you know we used to see that that sort of conflict. Uh, what was it with the basketball games and stuff?
0: Yeah, there were like three or four different basketball games at one point in time, and yeah, it, it'll be it'd be. I mean, I don't care that much for sports games i used, used to play some of them but
1: yeah i i, I don't regularly play any uh, the one i most commonly play actually is a sport i never watch and that's tennis mario tennis
0: it's a me it's a me a lob <laughs>
1: <laughs> no you didn't voice him right it's chris pratt now
0: oh that's right it's chris pratt now oh i don't have
1: blue blue luigi don't don't <laughs> bite me with your serve I trained you. I raised you like I'm your mom.
0: <laughs> I raised you like I'm your mom. I'm, I'm Star Lord.
1: Oh. <laughs> they call me Star Lord. They call me Star Lord because I get all the invincibility stars.
0: Oh man. Now I want to see them redo uh passengers, but with Peach and Mario in the places. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, okay. And now to end it on what is yet another
1: sad note. Blizzard. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> do it.
0: <laughs> I didn't include it in the notes, but include there is Johnny towards the
1: dark side would be complete.
0: Fine, I'll leave it for last.
1: <laughs> I wasn't gonna do it. I know, you but there's been me. stuff. There's been stuff. There's been stuff. All right, what's your non, non-Blizzard stuff? Oh, it's your other favorite Avengers! Time. Avengers! Avengers! Avengers
0: has decided they're in such a good place financially and the game is doing so well that they're going to break their promises to only have cosmetic monetization. <gasps> and, and now you can purchase, uh, use real money to purchase XP boosts and uh in-game item boosting. So, you know, uh the stuff that they promised when they were released the game, the stuff they talked about in 2019 where they literally said, I promise no pay to win. Uh, uh yeah, and, and- now
1: uh, cuz I remember a few episodes ago, probably more than a few at this point, you talked about how they were worried everyone was leveling too much,
0: yes, that was back in March,
1: okay wow, okay, I do remember that because you were like, because at the time I was like, yeah, you know it's like if they want to reduce the leveling it's it's uh, it's a fair, it's across the play field, so other than the people that were already leveled up, right. who really cares, but
0: yeah, they reduced it back in March, and now you now you can pay five bucks and get that XP level back to where it was,
1: <laughs> oh, uh, do you think that they think hey, we we pulled it off of Final Fantasy XIV. We're square. We can save this. And they're just like trying really hard, but it's not the same team, so they don't know what they're doing. I, you know, it's entirely possible.
0: Or it could just be that they're just grasping at straws at this point because the game doesn't have the throughput they thought it would have. It doesn't have the player base they thought it would have. It's just what can they do to maintain the viability of the mm-hmm. game at this point? And
1: I guess pay-to-win they think will do it.
0: We'll, we'll find or it out. Or at least maybe
1: they'll get some whales to help fund the, the expenses that the game has incurred. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's strange.
0: All right. So 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 back to Blizzard. Blizzard. I, well, I was just going to leave it alone. No, you weren't. I was going to have an episode yeah. or something.
1: It's not even yeah. in the notes, man. Looks, I know not it's even not, but I could see it in the invisible ink.
0: <sighs> All right. So here we are. The state of California complained that EEOC's settlement hurt their case Mm -hmm. and set a bad precedent. Right. And then the EEOC came back and was like, well, you guys have a conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. And the conflict of interest is that the lawyers leading the California suit had been originally working for the EEOC on the Blizzard investigation that led to the settlement that the EEOC just did with Blizzard. And then they left and went to California and filed this suit. Mm-hmm. Which is going to just really make things interesting once it gets to court in California.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, I things have been all along this I think looking really bad for Blizzard but now I'm like when I saw about this I was like ooh oh this one I mean Cause maybe Blizzard has a point that there's that California's going more aggro than they should have because there's this agenda tied to the attorneys yeah
0: and that that is one of the claims that Blizzard has put out and
1: EEOC seems to be supporting that uh I did think it was really weird for California to basically be telling the feds, Hey, don't settle on this other topic. Yeah. Because we think it's hurting us. And it's like I, I, I and again, I'm not an attorney. On the surface I was confused. I'm like, why would the settlement hurt you? If any you wanted I guess because they wanted more stuff to come out in the court in discovery or something, but the settlement in and of itself is an admission that things needed to be proved. Right. So I would have thought if anything, it'd be like, Look even they settled the EOC, you know, jury that look, they're they know they've done wrong, they've done wrong, but yeah,
0: no, it is, it's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, I mean, things Bl- this it's very been, obvious Blizzard has done wrong. Oh, yeah, now yes. it's starting to like is did is California going Was harder his, than they need yeah, to? Yeah, did
1: they have, are they have they for? Reasons related to either whatever was going on with those attorneys and like it could be I say it one in a couple of ways. One is do these attorneys know something because of what they used to do and they're now trying to to pursue it through California, now that they work for California, instead of letting the feds handle it. Right. The other thing is, during the course of their investigation with Blizzard, do they just like have a grudge against Blizzard because of how Blizzard behaved with them when they were over with the feds and so now they're like we're gonna take our pound of flesh
0: which it very well could be because or maybe all are of the humans are above.
1: it's so exciting it's so exciting
0: Tried to have one episode without no. Square yeah. or Square without Blizzard yeah. but no maybe next episode because next episode's due out <gasps> at Expo
1: at, at Expo. 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 Expo TX,
0: TX so TX. next episode might be a little late
1: might be We'll have to see. I'll bring my recorder in case you yeah. feel like I know, trying to do that. Because
0: I know we talked about doing some like little record sessions and stitching stuff together. Yeah, or, we
1: might try after that. I mean, it just depends. We've always, we've always talked a good game internally about that at Texas and every single time it's always like, I'm too tired. I've had too much to drink. Yeah. We're driving back and there are people listlessly walking in the middle of the highway that I almost hit and I can't. I can't yeah. bear to think about hooking up a recorder now. Cause I have <laughs> cause I've gone the backwards ways through Oklahoma <laughs> instead of the interstate because Google Map decided, hey, he wants to avoid a toll road. <laughs> no, I didn't want to avoid a toll road. I want to avoid drunk people who stand in the middle of the highway. I want the fast, easy route. <laughs> And then everyone in Oklahoma has never seen LED lights, so they're flashing at me. So let's pull over and see if there's something wrong with it. And while I'm doing that, the pickup truck near the passenger side can offer Tony drugs. (laughs) Hey, man, you need some blow?
0: No, I'm good.
1: (laughs) I'm real good right now. Uh, But Anyway, so we will be back in two weeks, possibly not right on the Sunday. We'll see. Uh, But until then, I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.